Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Garoppolo. Thrown down! Brian Burns gets there. Spider-Man. What a pass rush by Burns. See how quickly he got to the edge and got This is Desmond Johnson on the Believe and Carolina Panthers podcast. Here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available in your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. I was going to play like happy days or here again or something like that. But um, <laughs> this game is such a, it's kind of a shock, but not really. Welcome to Believe in Carolina Panthers, a, a emergency edition uh, episode live here on the Tobacco Road Sports Radio YouTube channel and the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Desmond Johnson, joined by Sports Illustrated Panthers beat writer, Skylar Callahan, Panthers all-time lead and rusher, Jonathan Stewart, will be in shortly. If you are not uh, living under a rock, if you're a Panthers fan, you're already aware of the situation uh, just came down from uh, the front office. Carolina Panthers relieve Frank Wright of his duties as head coach after 11 games in the 2023 season. The Panthers are off to their worst start of all time at one and 10 after a 17 to 10 defeat of the tennis, uh, the defeat by the hands of the Tennessee Titans and rookie quarterback, Will Levis, who we could have drafted at nine. Um, Skyler, uh, <laughs> your initial thoughts here. We kind of, thought that this could happen you actually mentioned this last week that it wasn't going to happen last week due to the thanksgiving holiday and some events they had planned around uh different things around the city but that if it could go down this would be the week to start uh keeping an eye on it and lo and behold everything you said pretty much went down yeah i mean it was it wasn't going to happen during last week you had the thanksgiving stuff going on and you have the thanksgiving day off for the team that means if you would have done this last week you're bringing in the guys on on Thanksgiving Day, and you don't want to do that unless you're actually playing a game on Thanksgiving Day. So um, I looked at this as this is really the first kind of test, if you will, to see if, if Tepper would make a move because it's a winnable game, one of the very few that they have left on the schedule. And if it was going to be the same story that we've seen the previous 10 weeks, yeah, then you could probably start the sense that this was going to come to a halt at some point. And like I told you before we hopped on here, I don't I don't know that firing Frank was a bad idea. I, I think you can kind of tell that this was not going to work, but I maybe would have given it another week or two. And the only reason I say that is, look, because you, you probably know that this was going to happen, but you want to be damn sure, right? Like you've already, you're already paying money to Matt Rule. You're going to be paying money to Frank Reich. You're going to be paying money for a new head coach. You want to make sure that this is the right move. And I, and I do think it is, but I don't know. Um, I, I don't want to, you know, split hairs here and say a, a week or two would make a difference in the opinion of it. But I, I think you could see all along, as we've been talking here on the show, this was just not a good fit from start to finish. And I think a lot of it has to do with Scott Fitterer, too, who I think his job can be in jeopardy as well. Why is he still here? <laughs> like, why is he still here? Well, I mean, I, I think with him – you're not really going to see a change in the on-field results with a firing of Scott Fitter right now because someone has to to manage this team the rest of the way in terms of all the moves that they have to make with the practice squad, elevating guys. No one else is going to really know the ins and outs of that and what this team needs better than Scott Fitter. I mean, you can make an argument, but 
he's going to be the guy, I would assume, again, I could be wrong here, but I, I would assume he will see the end of the season. I would be shocked if he's still the GM by the time the Panthers are on the clock in the second round of the 2024 NFL draft. Yeah, I don't think it looks good for Fitter either. And matter of fact, I look at it like he'll probably be gone at the like that Black Monday right at the end of the season. They'll probably let him go yeah. right there, let him stay the rest of the year, manage the roster, that kind of thing. But he's he's pretty much a dead man walking, I would think, at this point, right? Yeah, I mean, it's a bad look. If you fire a coach, again, Matt Rule was not Scott Federer's guy. So that's – you can give him a pass for that. But for this, I mean, he was a part of the hiring process. He was the guy that said last year that they're, they're, the reason, one of the reasons why they were so confident in moving up to get Bryce Young was because they weren't going to be picking anywhere near the top ten anymore. Well, you say that and you follow it up with a one and ten record. There's no walking that back. So when you, when you say stuff like that, you better deliver. And I think that's one of the biggest issues with this whole hire is they did not cater to what Frank Reich does well with the spread offense. You bringing in a spread guy to run uh, his offense with a power run scheme. And that's just not going to work. We saw it in the first four or five games last year with Matt Rule when they tried to do this stuff with Baker Mayfield, and it didn't work. They switched their mindset to let's just run the damn ball, and it worked. I, again, like I said last week, I don't think this is an indictment on the offensive line because I think they are actually really decent offensive linemen. They're just playing in the wrong damn system. And when yeah. you play in the wrong damn system – your deficiencies are going to show, and you're going to look like you're bad. You're going to put bad stuff on tape. I feel for those guys up front. I feel for the guys um, that are just not put in the position to succeed, a.k.a. Bryce Young. So we'll see. it. That's that's the big part here. Who's going to be that guy to come in and fix this thing with Bryce Young? I almost feel like it's on the roster already. Like I feel like – Jiro Ivaro should be the next head coach. And I feel like they didn't make him the interim head coach. So they did not repeat the steps that they made last year. Like if they say they had promoted him to interim head coach, you have yes. the exact same situation you had last year with Steve Wilkes interim. Say they turn around these six games and say they win four of them and they just look a completely different team or whatnot. But then you don't hire him. You hire somebody else outside. Literally is the exact same scenario from last year. Somewhere Steve Wilkes is sitting back in San Francisco with a smirk on his face right now. Just kind of, <laughs> Shaking his head like, yep. Or or yeah. some relief that he's not there. Yeah, that he's not there. Yeah. <laughs> that could be too. But I still feel like if Wilkes was here, Foreman's probably still here. They're probably running that same downhill rushing attack. You probably don't have uh, Bryce Young. You probably do have Christian McCaffrey. You probably definitely still have DJ Moore. And you probably have Andy Dalton as your quarterback, more than likely, or someone in that vein. And you're probably positioning yourself to maybe move up this year in the draft to pick because there's – probably a better quarterback class I would say this year coming out than last year um but all that's in hindsight now do you think that the new the upcoming coach and for those that don't know Chris Tabor the special teams coach is going to be the interim uh Jim Caldwell's coming down from the the tower in the castle to, to help call plays I guess with Thomas Brown who has been given back play calling uh abilities let's just say Thomas Brown didn't do that much better either uh, when he was calling plays, which makes me wonder, did Frank still kind of have a say over – it sounded like he didn't, that it was really Thomas had free reign to call whatever he wanted. Um, do you think the offense is going to change that much between what we've seen and and now? <laughs> you can't polish a turd, man. I mean, no. that, <laughs> what you are by week 11 is what you are by week 11 or 12 or whatever part of the season we're in. You are not going to change dramatically at this point. You are what you are. Um, I, I think it could certainly change how a game is called, 
but the effectiveness and the execution of it's not going to change. It's the same guys running the same stuff. To me, again, I think where this what it boils down to is not only the scheme fit, but I think the clash in offensive philosophies. Because again, you have Frank Reich, who's a true spread it out offense, offensive mind. You have uh, not Sean McVay, but you have Thomas Brown, who comes from that Sean McVay tree, which is a lot of pre snap motion, post snap movement, or it's a lot of different things that the defense has to put their eyes on. And then you have James Campen, who has been in some different offenses, but last year really excelled again in that downhill style. So you have three different kind of offensive backgrounds trying to formulate one that works. And it's just not, that's just not going to happen. So I don't know what Tepper is going to be looking for in this next coaching staff for this next hire, but he has to make damn sure that whoever it is, you're going to have coaches that are on the same page on paper. This coaching staff looked like an all-star, rock star type staff that had no chance of doing anything wrong or anywhere coming close to this. Yeah. But when you have those differences of opinion, and I think as Stu alluded to last week, the, the too many cooks in the kitchen phrase, this is what can happen. I just uh, – and now you're left with a situation where you still don't have protection for Bryce Young. You still don't no. – <laughs> you still don't have any players and, and, really on offense and – and who do you replace? Really good. Who who do you replace on the offensive line? Like if you seriously think about it, you invested a first round pick in Nicky Aquanu. He's not going anywhere. No. Maybe maybe he goes to the left guard, which I've been saying for a while. Yeah. But you you signed Bozeman to a multi year deal. Taylor Moten's not going anywhere. Austin Corbett, maybe they move off of him because of the injuries. But I mean, who do you replace up there? It's almost like you have to go back to that philosophy that they had last year and sprinkle in some spread stuff. I yeah. don't know who that offensive coach is going to be. I'm still thinking about them cutting Calvin Throckmorton. Like you cut him. He was start. He started seven games and then you, you didn't demote him. You cut him. <laughs> like yeah. you literally was like, Went your code doesn't work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And now literally the offensive line looks worse. Like it looks worse than it did when he was starting at left guard or whatever. And I'm just sitting here like, what did he do? to cause them to cut him. And then Frank's comments about it were weird after, because he was like, oh, well, you know, he may be back on the roster next week or in two weeks or whatnot. You know, it's kind of, it's almost like they were playing with some of the players in terms of like, oh, well, nobody's going to want that guy. We can, we can easily swing back around and bring him back. And now he's playing an indie, you know, so they yep. can't even go get him. Um, the offensive line, I don't think can be fixed in this off season with the, with what they're running, unless they just decide to run the ball 40 times and let them go back to what they were doing last year, which could very well be, a way to save Bryce because we we asked this question last week. Would you bench Bryce Young with everything going on? And you both of you guys were like, no, uh, let him keep playing, let him take his lumps. My dude is getting like he yeah. has no pocket to that point. When it, comes to, <laughs> when it comes to him getting sacked it, from the blind side, he has no idea it's coming. Like he literally has no idea. And uh Rex Ryan made a great point on get up this morning when the news dropped. He was like, uh, he's never been a fan of Bryce Young. And now his size is starting to come back into the, the conversation again, not because of him being too small to play, but uh, more worried about him and durability because of all the sacks that he's taking. And Rex Ryan was like, you know, he sees people all the time comparing uh, Bryce Young to Kyler Murray. And he's like, that's not fair. Kyler Murray is short. Kyler Murray is not small. Kyler Murray is stout, built, and more athletic and faster, way faster than Bryce Young. Bryce Young can't outrun these deep defensive ends. Like he can't outrun them. Like they are running him. These are 295 pound, six foot five dudes 
Now, granted, from the preseason when we were looking at all those four fours or whatever from these defensive ends or whatnot, those are the dudes with the four threes or whatever. They're chasing Bryce Young down. Like he's not even hitting the edge. He's taking three, four steps out the pocket and getting sacked. (laughs) The one thing I also want to bring up, and and again, I don't think this was necessarily the case, but we've seen a lot of national people talk about this throughout the year and that Frank was more in the C.J. Stroud camp than the Bryce Young camp. If that were to be true, my goodness, man, like you fire a guy who was essentially forced to take a guy that he didn't really necessarily think was the guy at quarterback, like that's that's tough. But, again, I don't know that that was the case. I don't want to speculate about that. But I do, Des, want you to bring up the, the article that I did this morning, if you can, my Monday morning yeah. thoughts on Scott Fitter. On, on there toward the bottom, there's three trades that Fitterer made that have completely changed – this this roster over the last couple of years. I know two of them. And <laughs> if we can get them pulled up, you can yeah, see how crazy these deals are. Even at the time when they happen, you're kind of like, what are they doing? But when you go back and you look at them, it is swing and miss, swing and miss, swing and miss. And to me, three strikes, you're out, pal. Like, it's it's not good. It's not well, good looking for Scott Fitter. What's the title of uh, the one I'm looking for? Is it everything that went wrong during Frank Wright's short Monday, Monday morning thoughts. Monday Scott morning. Is doing. While I'm pulling that, uh, the one and only Jonathan Stewart joins us here on the Believe in Panthers podcast. Uh, good morning, uh, gentlemen. How are you doing? Good morning, sir. <laughs> we, uh, um, we've we've kind of thought the past three weeks or so that we might have an episode like this. We didn't know when it was going to drop, but... Um, we were somewhat prepared, but we kind of were prepared. We were, yeah. we were a little, I even said it in our group chat last night. I was like, yo, y'all gonna be ready to do one on Monday if this goes down. Cause I was telling uh, Skylar Stu, I couldn't even watch that game after the first drive, first quarter, when they went for that third and one and did that weird backwards pass, mm-hmm. like whatever that was that got blown up in the backfield. I literally threw my hands up in the living room. And looked at my wife and was like, I'm going to go DoorDash. I- I'm not going to sit here and watch this. I left and DoorDash and listened to the radio call with Luke Keekley and Anish Shroff so I could hear that. And I listened to that call, and I'm thinking, this is the exact same game that we've seen the past two months. Like, it's the same game, literally. Like, we're going to give them a turnover that's going to be the difference in the game. That's exactly what happened. It's going to be like a one-possession game in the fourth quarter. That's exactly what happened. Bryce is going to run for his life, get sacked probably at least four times. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> and, like... No 100-yard rusher. It's the same stuff. So, And then the difference was Frank started uh, throwing people under the bus in the postgame. Uh, defense, he threw DJ Chark under the bus. And Chark actually said something back, and that hit Twitter. When I saw that, I was like, oh, okay, the players are starting to like push back against the play calling. That's the beginning of the end. As a former player, Stu, you've been in these situations before where you've had regimes come in and out as a Panther. What are the players going through right now? Like, what do you feel like the, the locker room is? Is it joy, relief? Is it sadness? Like, what do you think's going on? I mean, I, I would I would say, you know, a mixture of none of of none of it really. It's it's you, right now you're one and ten, right? And this is your job, right? Like, guys got contracts. Guys are playing, you know. Their, their dream job. Their mindset has to be somewhere on the lines of, well, if that's not a message sent, I don't know who's it's, who's that who that message is for, what what's what's happening, 
But all I know is I don't want to be the next guy. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, this is a performance-based business. If you're not performing, um, you got to go. And that's kind of – that's just how it is around the whole entire league. Every every professional sports organization goes through this. And for the Carolina Panthers, we've been in this spell for years now where, you know, we're and, – and I think what – honestly, bro – you have to give credit to the coaches that the coaching and the hiring that has been done around, uh, around the league. Look at, you know, Pittsburgh, Mike Tomlin. I mean, this is a guy that has had sustained success for a very long period of time. That is hard to do. Let alone a first year head coach coming into a situation um, like Frank Reich, um, you know, I feel bad for him, man. He's a good guy. Um, met him several times, talked to him. Um, and at the end of the day, like, you know, <laughs> he was streaming, you know, he was basically paddling a boat upstream. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So <laughs> it was not like that. It, it's hard, it's it's hard to do. Um, so I mean, like, if you're a player, man, you're you're getting your head down and you're just doing the work. Chopper would carry the water every single day. That's the mentality. That's the focus. Um, you know, and I'm pretty sure there's definitely some guys on the team that's on the roster that doesn't have a solidified spot. So, I mean, there's probably a lot of fear, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? For a lot of guys, as far as, well, Frank, Frank brought me here or Frank likes me. Um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of, you know, doubt right now for sure in that locker room but that's monday tuesday goes by your day off wednesday you're back to work um you know it's work as usual you know you you got a job to do you got a job to keep and you got to go out there and display why you uh need to be part of that winning solution like we talked about a couple weeks ago if you're uh, if you're just joining us here on a, a special edition of Believe in Carolina Panthers live here on the Believe Podcast Network and uh, the Tobacco Road Sports Radio YouTube channel, uh, so hit that subscribe button. By the way, um, Frank Wright released uh, as head coach of the Carolina Panthers early Monday morning. David Tepper, owner of the Panthers, put out a statement. Uh, special teams coach Chris Tabor is going to be the interim head coach. Jim Caldwell is coming down. Uh, from the the tower or wherever he's been all year to uh, help assist uh, Thomas Brown who will resume offensive play calling duties after having it taken away after three games uh, before that. I did find Skyler's article here. Uh, Go check this out under uh, the All Panthers SI banner, Monday Morning Thoughts. Um, Basically, this is – it reset on me. Uh, This is basically – what's going on here? I think it's trying to to pull it. We're Um, (laughs) Um, not huge huge news or anything, but just something to keep your – here we go. Here's out on for tomorrow. Uh, David Tepper is going to talk at 1030 in the morning. Tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's interesting because I didn't expect to hear from him at all. Um, we, we did hear uh, from him last year. Um, I think it was actually the day of – no, 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 no. It was, the, it was the following day. It was the following day after Matt got fired. Yeah. 
Hmm. We'll get to uh, Kellen in the comments. Thanks, everybody that's checking us out. Ask, yo, Stu, what do you think about fit and his situation? We're going to get to Scott Fitter here in just a bit. Uh, don't you worry. <laughs> We're going to get to Scott. He's I don't think he's going to be here much longer. I do, do got to run. I do got to run here in a minute. But okay. um, but I mean, with Scott Fitter, man, I mean, again, it's hard. It's a hard job. You know, it's a hard job to get the right pieces into position um you know to give yourself a fighting chance and i mean there's a lot of elements out the gate skylar callahan gave us the reasons why the panthers weren't going to be successful last year you really because did. of depth we had depth issues you were going into the situation and going into the season we ignored and so yeah we don't want to hear that <laughs> we didn't want to hear it we wanted to, <laughs> we wanted it to be all you know you know, a candy shop, yeah. but <laughs> he was right. <laughs> but the truth of the matter is, man, like it doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen over a year. But I think right now, like, you know, Tepper sees a situation where, you know, he went and got his guy and gave up a lot, you know, to get his guy. So in order to protect that guy, you have to do probably – you know, the most unpopular decision, which is let go your head coach um, mid midway through the season. And a lot of people are going to have, you know, their say about that and, and whatnot, but it's a tough business out there. And and, so, and this is the NFL is, is what it is for a reason. And because guys, you know, fans expect performance and you know not just a a bad performance they expect you know competitive competitive performance the defense man they've been playing lights out giving you know their team a chance to win yeah and you know week in and week out it's kind of hard to ignore you know what's going on on the offensive side of the ball you know we have offensive linemen depth depth issues um, that we've been hanging on for the rest for the whole season. Guys in Bryce Young's face, um, separation for the receivers, um, the run game. We have talented run running backs, but the offensive line again. You know, if you can't get a push, you can't create seams, um, or guys can't gel together. I mean, I think I read an article where there was like seven to eight different lineups this year at the offensive line position. So oh, I, I mean, believe you, gotta, yeah. you talk yeah. about chemistry, you know, these guys are, you know, probably aren't bad at what they do. It just takes rhythm. It takes tempo. It takes a lot of things for guys to really gel and move like a machine. That's basically what you want your offensive line to do is move like a machine. But if there's parts missing here, parts missing there, you don't get to spend a lot of time with the guy that you're like legitimately, you like know, right yeah. <laughs> going to war with, you know, for uh, for 60 something plays. Um, you know, it, it's hard to really figure out, you know, the the remedy, you know, the the way about going about your offense. And I mean, it was like I like I said, it, you know, you're paddling a boat upstream out the gate. It's hard to do. Um, especially when you have guys coming in and out, you know, with injuries. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's tough, man. You know, feel bad for Frank. Um, 
you know, right now the Panthers got a the Panthers locker room have to lock arms and, and just, you know, right now, like I said, you're building character. You're building a callus. Right now, you're going to have to do things that you don't want to do as an organization. And it sucks. And it sucks to see for fans because it's like, hey, I was hoping on this season to, you know, be fun or whatever. But I mean, there's there's other things to worry about in this world than, you know, what the Panthers are doing wrong. Even even at one and ten, the Panthers are still what like four games out of first place or something in the NFC South. Like, <laughs> I mean, like literally, yeah. that's the thing that hurts the most. It's like they could have just got some of this together, like, and we, we got, just kinda, we have three divisional games coming up too. So yeah, they still yeah. could have got the division, which is nuts. So yeah. um, so before Stu has to get out of here, I did want to hit off uh, Skyler's uh, thing here to hit these three trades because looking back now in hindsight, now that Frank's gone. I don't think he was set up for success to begin with. And to be honest, we did not have the collateral to trade up to number one when we did it. Cause now we, I think we may have set ourselves back another year or two because of what happened in these trades right here. Trade number one, Jets received the 2021 six round pick, a 2022 second round pick, and a 2022 fourth round pick. The Panthers get Sam Darnold uh, out of that. Sam Darnold's no longer on the roster. Uh, I'm not sure what the Jets did with that second round pick and that fourth round Brees pick from Hall, last year. I believe is Brees. Oh Hall. man. Okay. So they got Brees Hall with that pick. Uh trade number two, 49ers receive Christian McCaffrey. Panthers receive 2023 second round pick, 2023 third round pick, 2023 fourth round pick, 2024 fifth round pick. So we've already spent all that collateral or sent it off to someplace else except for the fifth round pick that we got from uh that trade um was I think it's in the analysis bullet. I think they sent two of those to Pittsburgh to trade up to get DJ Johnson, who has been whatever. And then, um, and then the other one in the second rounder went to Chicago for Bryce. Okay. So, so that, so we didn't even use those. Uh, we, well, we used them to move up. We didn't really use them for death, which is the problem with this team right now. And you did have it written down right here. Uh, trade number three bears received number nine overall pick in 2023, 2023, second round pick 2024, first round pick. 2025 second good lord 2025 second round pick and wide receiver dj moore why in the world is dj moore in this draft i mean this 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 trade like i'm sitting here looking at it now all that to move up eight spots yeah that's a lot that's a lot and 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 you're moving up i hate to say it guys you're moving up for bryce young and the one thing that bothered us about him uh preseason and before they picked him it's starting to come back around again as it's the size. It's not so much I feel like he's too small to play in the NFL. That's not the issue. Rex Ryan made this point. We were talking about it before, Skyler, that he uh, he sees the comparison to Kyler Murray and Bryce Young all the time. Kyler Murray is short, but he is not small. Kyler Murray is stocky. He, he's got like a baseball player body, you know, in terms of being able – his hips and everything. And he's probably three Kyler times Murray, – Kyler Murray is like a little hamster. Yeah, he's three times faster than, uh, than Bryce Young. This is even after – tearing ACL. He looks even faster now than he was before he got hurt. So he looks really explosive. Bryce cannot really outrun explosive. anyone. Like it's starting to get to a point where it's a problem where when you're watching it on TV and you see that dude coming from the left side, Icky, when you see him coming from that side and Bryce has not even turned to look that way, like for, for starters, I'm starting to get worried that Bryce is not even anticipating it 11 games in. Like you've been hit enough times from that direction where that's the first place I'm looking. As soon as the ball is snapped, I'm looking over there at Icky Sassy. Hey, you good over there? Like, what's going on over there? Before I even do anything, because it's all coming from over there, it feels like. Like, when he's he feels it and he steps out the pocket a little bit, he takes about three steps and gets ran down. You remember uh, in the preseason, Stu, when we were talking about all these uh, 4-4, four, four, 
defensive ends that were coming out or whatever. And we were like, where are these dudes coming from? They are chasing Bryce Young down <laughs> in the backfield. He has no way to get out. Like it, it's yeah. a lot of it's designed. It's tough Do you think this is going to change with Thomas Brown calling the plays? Like this is, is this basically the same playbook. Like how does that work? Man, I think at the end of the day, really and truly, like, again, I feel bad. I feel bad for Bryce. I feel bad for the players, you know, and, but I also, I mean, but like players play coaches coach. And what sucks is that they're in a predicament where they have a lot of injuries on offense and it's kind of hard. It's going to be hard to climb, climb out of that. Um, Now offensively, like play calling, I don't know if you just kind of like go back to the drawing board and say to yourself, okay, this is who I am as an offensive coordinator or coach. I need to like create some other balance to put my guys in position to win, whatever that looks like. Maybe it's, you know, something that you're not accustomed to as a coach. Um, But whatever it is, you got six games left. Is it six games left? Yeah. 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 There's six left. Yeah. Or five. What are we? We're one and and (laughs) 10. There's yeah, 17 games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's six off. Yeah. So, like, one and two. Right now, like, <laughs> everyone's playing and coaching for their job. So, and that's the mindset you got to have anyway, whether you're 13 and 0 or 0 and 13. Um, every day, you're, you're, you're coaching and playing for your job. Um, and right now, like, is it going to get better? It can. You know what I'm saying? Like, we got a lot of division games. And, I mean, our, I think our division as a whole um, is the weaker division within the NFL. So, like, maybe there's, you know, an opportunity for us to be the, the Las Vegas Raiders right now. You know what I'm saying? Because, I mean, before the Raiders, you know, started winning, they were looking bad too. Garoppolo back there looking all strange. Uh, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you know, they took a, you know, a shift. Um, and yeah, they lost to the Kansas City Chiefs, but I mean, playing, you know, the Super Bowl team, they put up, they put up numbers, they put up what they got to put up to be competitive. Um, you know, having their fans at least going back home saying, well, it was a competitive game at least, you know, like, mm. I, I don't know, man, we just, I think, our defense is doing enough, and all it takes is for one guy. I mean, we need one of them receivers to just like, just like click. Like, when you catch the ball, break a tackle, make somebody miss, get upfield. You gotta be, you gotta figure out a way to like do something special. You know what I'm saying? And and I think that's one of the one of the elements that we we miss out on, especially we go into a game where they just double thielin'. That yeah, gives you that. If I'm a op, if I'm a receiver or somebody, like or a shifty or a shifty running back, man, give me the ball in space because they got two guys over there. Like now, yeah. like you know what I'm saying. So I've been waiting on that. Gotta to be opp- You gotta feel. You got right now. Is a, you gotta be opportunistic as a player, um, in in in, in this organization and, and make a case of why you need to stay and why you are part of the winning recipe. I've been waiting on a defense to be like, you know what? If we just double Adam Thielen, they they can't really do yeah. a whole lot of anything. And it took about two, three weeks, but finally Tennessee, and actually yeah. kind of did a little bit last week. The Cowboys kind of did a yeah. little bit, but 
uh, yeah, they just took him out. And once they took Thielen yeah. out, it was there's no there's no dude on the offense that's like a uh, a, a separator, a game changer, right. like somebody that. And I feel like and I feel like it just it just seems like we like we're at this we're at a the NFL is full of elite players. You're in the NFL for a reason. Period. We got to unlock these players and really see like, hey, what can you do? Like whatever you feel like you be doing in practice, do that in the game. Like it almost seems like when we're watching these games, like we're watching these guys in a box. That's what it really like. We're watching them in a box and and we know what's coming. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like offensive line, like we're depending too much on them. I don't know what it is, but we got to unlock these guys and let them go out there and play football. James Woodring says uh, the players found out by the media. Oof. I don't know if that's true or not, but if that is true, that's uh, they were trying to. I think it was Mike K. Um, Charles Jerry said something about that they were trying to inform the players, but then they just got out before. But I mean, the the thing I, I hate about it is, again, a lot of these guys are going through this for the second time in two years, and for Bryce, yeah. you go through technically four changes of the hands in terms of the offense. <laughs> Um, and in, in your rookie season, you've got eight or nine different, whatever Stu said, how many different combinations up front of the offensive line. And it's just, it's a rookie, a bad rookie year. And honestly, it reminds me a lot of Trevor Lawrence's rookie year, you know, mm, he had yeah. so yeah. many struggles, the urban Meyer thing. It's, it's a mess, but look how they came out of it. They got the right coach. They got the right players yeah. around them. And now they're one of the better teams in the AFC. So I think brighter days are ahead, but it may take, a little bit longer just because you don't have that first round pick that may end up being the number one overall pick um in next year's draft. We, and we do we I think I think really these next the rest of the season is important for the Panthers because you talk about free agency, right? Yeah. If right now, like again, if I'm a player too, oh, and I know I'm gonna and, 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 yeah, like yeah, and I know playing? I'm gonna and I know I'm gonna be here next year or I want to be here next year. Mm. Um, I'm trying to put on a show for the rest of the league for for the rest of the guys that will be free agents next year. Hey, bro, come to come to the Panthers. <laughs> Does this change the situation in your mind with Brian Burns? Do you do you entertain trading him now? I, I still don't. Yeah, but again, if you're, if you're Scott right. Fitter, if you're Scott Fitterer <laughs> and he walks after you had two chances to trade him, I mean that's that's like the dagger right there. You can't and, and I know that that decision on Scott will be made way in advance of Burns hitting free agency, but you can't let that happen. And maybe I maybe that's maybe that's why Fitter is still here. You know, now I'm sitting there thinking about it because he's been the main negotiator in these Burns talks. If you take him out of it and have to start fresh with a new guy that's an interim at that, like if it's it like say you promote Dan Morgan to interim GM or whatever, like he, the other one thing that I've seen a lot of people ask about is why Azura Evero isn't going to be the interim. And we'll find out more tomorrow from Tepper. He could have went to EJ and said, hey, do you want to be the interim? And he declined it. He was like, no, thank you. Yeah, he, it's very <laughs> possible. Um, like, no. I, I believe – I'm not 100% sure, but I believe that was a situation in Denver. So, I mean – Oh, if, wow. Yeah, think, I forgot about that. Yeah. Think about it. Like, you're auditioning to be a head coach – you don't want yourself fully attached to that. When when he gets to this offseason, I guarantee there's still going to be teams that want to interview him to be their head coach. If all he has to attach himself to is what they did defensively, he's still going to look pretty damn good. 
Yeah, yeah, I don't even know our defense is yeah, doing. If, that. if I if I'm him, I'm like, yeah, take you can take the voodoo with you right now. Cash my checks and make sure defense <laughs> yeah. does good, and then we'll see what happens in the afterwards. And, and he's still going to be, I think, somebody that David Tepper is going to want to interview. Yeah, and honestly, too, I think what has there ever been an interim head coach ever become the head coach? I don't think so. I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Um, right. There, there has to have been. I just can't think off the top of my head. Let's see um, if I can it while we're still always on. go outside. Because, um, like I Willie said, Willie Smith, Willie Smith, Bryce Young is tougher than a lot of people thought because mm-hmm. he is dealing with a lot of heat every game. Well, oh gosh, yeah, dude, yeah, yeah. He's he, mentally, he's way stronger mentally than I expected him to be because he's having to deal with this, and he's he hasn't thrown his. Offensive line under the bus. He hasn't thrown yeah. Frank Wright under the bus. The organization, he could easily at this point. I think we all would understand, like, man, these dudes got me out here getting killed, <laughs> like, every one week. Thing. and they ain't changing nothing. Like, <laughs> help me. Somebody come help me, please. And he's not well, doing it. <laughs> the one thing we haven't brought up yet, and I want to get Stu's opinion on before he has to roll, this job, how attractive can it be? Because you fired two coaches in two years, three and five, or three and six, or whatever it is. How attractive can this job be because you have a reputation of firing guys on a short leash? I mean, if you want to be a head coach, you obviously want to go into a good situation, right? I look at the Carolina Panthers and I look at our defense and I say, well, that's a bright spot. You know what I'm saying? Like special teams. We're doing our thing on special teams. You have you have a good quarterback in Bryce Young. I'm taking my focus if I get this type of job, if I get the head coaching job, and I'm looking at the offensive line, and you don't even need to replace the whole receiver core. You just need you need one more. You probably need one more guy, a speed, a, a speed guy. And I'm not talking about a guy that can go take the, like a deep route. I'm talking about a guy that can catch the ball. Do stuff after. and take it to, and and after. when he catches it like it he's gone to the house yeah. you know what I'm saying um yeah so a yak guy um yeah. and and then you just get and then obviously the offensive line depth um I'm looking you know maybe he's all you know, deep defensive backs you know what I'm saying always good to have depth at the defensive back position um so like there's not a lot missing that sounds crazy. <laughs> like, but like, so like, if I'm a head coach, this job isn't like I'm not scared to take this job. Um, but I'm under, but I'm more so understanding of the requirement. There, uh, you're going, you're going, you're going into this situation saying, "Well, I better have my my hat on straight." You know what I'm saying? Because if not, it is what it is. But if I can go in there. And really change this thing, I can really make my resume jump because I can be one of the greatest coaches to ever, you know, step place in the NFL coming into the Panthers situation and turning it around. But um, fire with a fire extinguisher. There is only thirty-two of these out there, so I mean, somebody's going to want that job. Obviously, I think it's it's hard though because do you if you're a guy that has never been a head coach before. David Tepper already has someone in mind. That's why this went down today, so he can get ahead of it. Like, because he could have let him go through the whole season. You know, we talked about this last week. 
he's got somebody in mind already that he wants to come in here. And I'm wondering if it's Jim Harbaugh. Ball the crumbs. He, remember, Harbaugh called in last year around this time. Well, Steve Wilson was, was like, hey, or, I hear you got a job. Or, or, in <laughs> Dan Orlovsky said a couple weeks ago, Bill Belichick already knows where he's going next year. Oh, that's right. And uh, well, uh, I, uh, Bill O'Brien. had a terrific coaching career, one of the best to ever do it, just for my sake and that I don't have to have these stupid press conferences. <laughs> The three words. I, I, I got Bill Belichick to Carolina. <laughs> I can't. I can't. That'd be like Coach K deciding to coach North Carolina. Like to mm-hmm. me. Like I can't even wrap my mind around that even occurring. I would rather Jim Harbaugh be hired and they give him GM responsibilities as well. And I know that's something he was trying to avoid with Frank Wright, but I don't look like that worked out either. Jim Harbaugh. I was on this tip last year. Like Jim Harbaugh can fix all the things we just said that are broken with this team. That's his specialty. That's what he does. He's going to come in and build the offensive line. He's going to build the defensive line. He's going to run the football. He's going to, he's the dude that's going to come out there with eight man offensive line package, like jumbo joints where we're just running the ball down your throat. Like that's closer to the Panthers identity that I've grown up with and understood it to be than whatever this is that's been going on the past 10 weeks, because this whole idea of us changing our offensive mentality, it changed so, what the Panthers are. Like we what you're we, looking for is a defensive minded head coach. Yes. I want a defensive minded head coach in here. Like this whole bringing in Ben Johnson or, you can bring or in, uh, you're gonna have that portion of the fan base too that if something happens in DC, they're gonna want Rivera but Ron back. And I mean, hey, Charlotte Charlotte Sports, I mean, you know they've what? done it before. Clifford, <laughs> Clifford got fired. He came back four years later, maybe the same thing with Rivera. I mean, I, I don't think it'd be a, a wise decision to do What's it. What's Marty Herney doing these days? Where's Marty Herney at? I think he's still in Washington. Or, or, or did he get let go of Washington? I think he did. I don't know. but All right, fellas, hey, I got to head out. Yeah. Uh, hey, Stu stopping in for the, the live here. I, we normally go on Tuesdays. Um, we yeah. might maybe still go tomorrow. We, on, what time is it? We might still need to go tomorrow. When, when I, is Tepper talking I, to me? This this and, news kind of got me all work. like bunched up. I ain't really I ain't really get to say too yeah. much of anything that I really want to say because it caught me off guard. Maybe we do so, a full episode tomorrow night after Tepper's press conference. Well, don't you have Hornets tomorrow night? So uh, oh, we'll figure we'll figure this out. Um, because I'm sure Tepper's gonna say something. Tepper's gonna say keep, something at this press conference. Keep pounding. <laughs> That's all you're gonna have to do. Yeah, <laughs> like it's just. This is uh, – I didn't get a chance to ask you guys if you thought the, the next head coach is on the roster or, or off the roster. We'll save that for the next episode. Um, but, again, this is the day you, you guys have been asking for. And I've been on you, Panther fans, because a lot of times you ask for stuff and uh, you get it, and then you don't like what the result was. <laughs> Once you get it, you wanted to trade McCaffrey. You wanted to trade up to one. You were fine with getting Bryce Young. You were fine with trading off DJ Moore. You, you were fine with all these things, and then once they happen – we, we protested because it didn't happen the way we wanted it to. Now you've gotten your wish. Frank Wright has been fired. He's been relieved of his duties mid-season. Is this the right thing? Is this Was this the right thing to do? I don't think it could be any worse than keeping him, uh, after, especially after yesterday. If I've checked out, if I've checked out of a Panther game and refused to watch it and I have to actually do umpteenth hours of Panther content like after it, <laughs> to me, that was the telltale sign for me. I'm like, something's got to change if I'm you know, checking out of it. No, no telling how many other fans have checked out. You know what the worst case scenario would be? And I hate to, to even go this far into the future. But say you get the next year, right? You have your new coach. 
And this team, again, is struggling because you don't have that first round pick. Maybe the, the, the free agent market is just not attracted to this team because of the struggles that they've had. What if you start next season and you're just as bad? I mean, is that coach going to be on the hot seat too? Like, is this going to become a reoccurring thing where you feel like you're the Cleveland Browns and you're just firing guys left and right? You've got all these different pieces and GMs coming in and out. Like, it's got to come to an end at some point. You've got to find an answer. This is, and we could have argued that last offseason was huge for David Tepper, but he has got to get this hire right. If he doesn't get this hire right, I don't know what the future is for this team. I really, really don't because it's going to, it's going to be a nonstop thing where it's just, it, it's cycled over and over and over again. Hell Houston went through four head coaches in four years, right? Before they landed on D'Amico Ryan. So yeah. there's a, there's a kind of a process to it in today's NFL, but uh, Zach Jose asked anyway, we can get Kevin Avery from the four man rush and Mike wall, uh, former offensive lineman for the Panthers to talk about the offensive line on the next podcast. Off. Also, Evero needs to be given a serious consideration as the next head coach. I do agree with that. Um, I'll talk to Kev and see what's up with that. See, maybe we can coordinate that uh, because I do want to talk some more with the offensive line woes and what can be fixed with that. We did have uh, uh, Frank Garcia on a couple episodes ago, and he was talking about this, but that was before the bottom really fell out. Um, there's really there's not a lot of cornerstones uh here, uh, Thomas Hayes says Harbaugh was buddy, buddy last year. Under contract. I mean, again, you have Brian Burns who's still. Yeah. You don't know what's going to happen with that. And, Frankie Lou was unrestricted. Frankie Lou was unrestricted free agent next uh, this off season too. Um, and I think that's a good point that you made earlier about you know Scott Fitter being part of the negotiations. Like, if you let him go, what does that mean for Bur- for Burns and his agent? Like, did they just say, you know what, we're we're done here? Like, start over. Like, like literally, I think they're going to give him. If he was the main guy, so that to me, that tells me a couple of things. One, that Brian Burns is considered a, a cornerstone of the franchise and they don't want to get rid of him no matter what. Franchise, uh, that, you could franchise tag him with the still can franchise tag him. So they don't necessarily going to lose him for nothing. I forgot this is Derek Brown's fourth season. So, like, he's about to go into his fifth year next year, too. Um, and Derek Brown has been the best defensive player on this team all year. Like, Yep. To be honest, like he's been the most consistent. He's gotten better as the year's gone on. I think he's seven tackles away from breaking his own personal record from last year. And we got six games to go. So he's been a monster. Uh, and he's grown into what we thought he could be as a top 10 defensive tackle overall pick. Um, the Burns situation, though, I agree. I think it's I think that's why Scott Federer is still employed. It's because of Brian Burns and not having that contract signed. And he, I think his job security may be based on whatever gets done there if they say they get a brian burns deal done it wouldn't surprise me now if they get a burns deal done the next two weeks like if something happens and they decide to go ahead and let's push this let's get it in and go it's it's hard to see anything getting done in season because there's they were so far apart in, in september and i don't see how they can make that much ground in two months and I just, I mean, especially with Brian being focused on the football stuff. I mean, I know his agent's taking care of a lot of it. But just give him his money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you you have so many. Again, we could go, we could spend a whole two hours on every move that Federer has made, and it's and, and again, I like Federer. I think he's a great guy, easy to talk to. Um, and I think throughout the years, as things have happened, as free agency has gone on each year, and as the draft happened each year. We kind of looked at all the moves he made, and you're like, okay, that, that seems like a good move. That seems like a good pick, da-da-da-da-da. As we get further away from those trades and, and those free agent signings and draft picks, you're like, what has he really hit on? 
Frankie yeah. Lou is probably the best that he's had outside of that. Thielen, a lot of swing and missing. Maybe Thielen at wide receiver, and even then, I don't think he his role that, that grew into what it is now. I don't think that's what they brought him in for. <laughs> so, like, that's almost like mistakenly correct. Um, he didn't draft Derek Brown. That was Herney, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, uh, Burns was already here. That was Herney too. Um, DJ Moore was a Herney draft pick. He he drafted Icky. He drafted. I mean, don't know if he's a hit or miss. Like he drafted Bryce. He's born. He he passed on again. I think we said this two weeks ago. He passed on Micah Parsons and Pat Sertain to take J.C. Horn. Yeah, he did. Who has not been on <laughs> the field? So, and those are general. Well, Micah Parsons is a generational talent that he passed on. Uh, Other teams he, passed on Parsons too, but like I said, yeah. that year that would have been, in my opinion, you you go get the guy to to team up with Brian Burns, and man, they missed out, and they didn't even take the best corner. You can't. Josh says, in my opinion, you can't go into the next draft with Fitter. I, I kind of agree at this point. You can't hire another coach while Fitter is still here and then decide to fire Fitter. With the, it's the same pattern you've been doing yeah, where you're not yeah, letting yeah. them both go. If you're going to start with a new head coach, you got to get a new GM too. That way, because obviously that part of this blame is on, on Fitter too, but you have to have – you want to bring in a GM that – because if you're going to fire Scott in a year – that makes no sense. Just go ahead and do it now. Do it now. That way he can have a say in this head coach. <laughs> and we can finally have some some responsibilities here where it's GM does the GM's job, head coach does the head coaching job. And if you think about it, since Tepper's been here, every time he's made a change, the GM and the head coach have not been coming in at the same time. Exactly. Yeah. It's been one or the other. He's switched them. And they've never been – they, the one that's been here has had to adapt to whoever's coming in. And that's yeah. kind of what's with this the same way. Fitter was here. You bring in right. Fitter had a say in that, that hire. You know what I mean? Like he yeah. was going through all these candidates with David Tepper. So it feels like Fitter had more control than Reich did this go around, which makes sense. The general manager should, but there, I mean, eventually the chickens are going to come home to roost. Like eventually there's no one left to point to other than you, Scott Fitter. And that's kind of, where we are and you can't fire david tepper so i mean <laughs> I, I don't know how much he's meddling and whatever i don't even like the word meddling it, it, that's his team he owns the team he reserves the right to he can go sit in every meeting he wants to <laughs> you know like that doesn't bother me at all it's his team he owns it I, I, I don't know if he's necessarily dictating personnel decisions he i feel like he makes suggestions but he kind of leaves that up to them and they act off the suggestions same with nicole I don't think they're sitting there like in the office, like we need to go get that player. Let's go get him like that kind of thing. I don't think that's exactly what's going on. But if you look at Frank Wright from preseason in August to today, like if you put up snapshots side by side, this is clearly a man that has gone through it. Like he didn't, didn't Matt rule have a similar, I think he did. Yeah. <laughs> and that was over three and a half years. Like this is over three months. Like the dude looks like he's aged 10 years. Like, yeah. I almost feel like Frank Wright is relieved at this point that he's no longer coaching the Panthers. That he stepped in something he wasn't this, expecting. This is something that's kind of been talked about a little bit, I think. But back at the introductory press conference last year with Frank, he said that the time away, when he got fired from Indy last year, that, that time at the end of the rest of that season was a good like refresher for him. It was a good just to kind of sit back just take everything in and just kind of take a, a moment to relax and not be so stressed about the games and everything so much. 
I almost wonder if he got too into the idea of coming back to Carolina where he had played and being the head coach and he looked at the situation, you're going to have a good draft pick, you would assume. At that time, they didn't know they'd have the number one pick. But you you like the identity that that team had, the finish that they had, and got caught up into that instead of just thinking, you know what, maybe the best thing for me is to just take a year off. And we've seen coaches do that before. Sean Payton did it. Yep. Um, and I think if he would have taken that year off, maybe he would have had some renewed ideas. Maybe he goes to a better situation. I don't know who – if it wasn't Frank Reich, who knows if whoever else they would have hired would have been the right guy anyway either. But I just don't know that Frank was equipped to really get right back into coaching. I think he really did need that mental break because what he went through in Indy, Indy was tough. He was going through a quarterback every year. Yeah. And similar, kind of similar situation in terms of what I'm seeing from their fans. Like I'm seeing Indy fans basically telling Panther fans what you're going through is why we let him go last year. Like the exact situation that happened in Indy last year is why he lost his job. And and you're going through the same thing. And they're the owner. Jim Irsay is very, (laughs) very similar to David Tepper in a way because he's kind of involved, right? He's, he's very uh, loud about his opinions. He may do so more publicly than David Tepper, but. I mean, that, that's two pretty tough owners that he's had so, to work for over the last you know, six or seven years. That's that liquid courage. That's what Jim Irsay's on. Um, I, I just <laughs> – I mean, uh, we got, we're got we going to have a lot more time to dissect all this. I do need to get us out of here because Skyler probably is busy um, <laughs> over the next couple of, of uh, 48 hours or so. De- so David Tepper is speaking to the media, you said, tomorrow morning at 10.30? Tomorrow uh, – let me ch- d- double-check here. 1030, uh, David Tepper, followed by uh, Tabor. So, okay. So, uh, we normally, our normal slot is Tuesdays at 1030 live. Um, We may try to figure something out tomorrow afternoon, depending on what happens in that press conference. If not, maybe Wednesday, uh, we'll give you a regular episode. But again, this was an emergency episode. Uh, I didn't even read the, uh, I didn't even read the bet online thing. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. They'll figure it out. Presented by Bet Online. Uh, believe in Carolina Panthers. Uh, shout out to Stu, hopped in and out. Uh, none of us were prepared for this. Uh, well, we kind of were, but we didn't know for sure it was going to happen today. Normally, uh, Tepper speaks to Frank Wright on Tuesday, so I kind of thought maybe Tuesday would be the day it happened. But I guess he just didn't want him to sit around on his hands all well, day Monday. I think, too, if you want to make the change, you have to make it almost on Monday. If so you're like playing, the you're playing again. Because yeah. you've got to get that, that all figured out, the coordination of it all, who's taking whatever responsibilities up. So it'll be interesting. I know we're going to get – some answers tomorrow from Tepper that a lot of fans aren't going to like. We're going to get a lot of answers about Scott Federer, his future, uh, Tabor. Somebody's going to ask that question. Are you, are you going to be in there? Are you going there? Yes. yes ask that question. There. Ask that question about Scott Federer. So, it'll so. probably be asked before I can even get a chance to. But yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. There's going to be a lot of questions about that whole thing tomorrow. So, yeah, we're going to figure something out here. No off season for a second straight year for us here. No, no, no. <laughs> so uh, we're, we'll leave it there. Um, we'll let you know. Subscribe to the uh, the YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash at Tobacco Road Sports Radio. You'll get a notification for Believe in Panthers when we're about to put a new one up. I'd imagine we're going to probably try to put another one up before the week is over, um, just based off of whatever Tepper says and Chris Tabor, the new interim head coach. But uh, Panther fans, you got your wish. Frank Reich no longer the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Panthers 1-10 heading into a flexed game against Tampa Bay on Sunday at 4 o'clock uh, on Fox. Um, 
We'll see you. We'll, I don't know. It's always something. Every year I've done this Believe in Panther pod, something always happens midseason where I'm just like, oh, wow, okay. We got something to talk about, but I didn't think it was going to be this. <laughs> so uh, we'll uh, get out of here for Jonathan Stewart, for Skylar Callahan. I'm Desmond Johnson. You've been watching and listening to the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast here on Believe Podcast Networks. We'll see you a little bit later on this week. Keep on it. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.